Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and I approve an aloe vera pre-poo when washing your hair. Hi everybody, this is Ollie, and it's really important to wash your bedding. I know your beds can get comfortable, and it's a place where you go to relax, maybe after you shower or you've had a long day, but if it's been about three to four weeks since you've washed your pillowcases, your comforter, and or your shams and sheets, you need to get on that. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. Same ones you and your friends party. How are you doing today, Mandy? <laughs> I am okay. It's um, it's kind of nice outside. So I thought about doing an outside thing, but uh, that's probably not going to happen at this point because, you know, it's that daylight savings period. So it's like by the time you're really off, when you would have the time to be outside and enjoy what bit of sunshine (laughs) and slightly warm weather there is, um, Mm -hmm. 5 o'clock hits and then everything gets dark. So all that fun is over. Darkity dark, dark, dark. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And as soon as the sun is gone, then that's where the warmth went to. So it's not as nice as it felt before. But I know you to be a coat and sweater and cardigan person. You don't just bundle oh, up? for sure. It's still, like, cold outside. <laughs> I guess I don't want to be in the cold, but I'm definitely going to be bundled up. But I bundle up almost to an extent just to get to my vehicle <laughs> to, or to be at the next building and be warm from yeah. that. That seems so, excessive, yeah. I mean, I'm just not uh, into the cold or into the woods. Understandable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's completely understandable. Would you like How to How are start? you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm having some issues with my little pet where I feel like he is reverting back into puppy mode and I'm like dude you're 11 months I know on paper you're a puppy but you know better so it's um a little frustrating that he is trying to make his own schedule and I'm like nope you go on my schedule so just dealing with that otherwise in great spirits ready for today mm-hmm <laughs> I think you were going to ask me if I wanted to do my goal updates. I was going to ask you that. Would you like to do – well, do you have any goal updates to provide? I haven't worked out yet, but I've been wearing my uh, waist trainer that I wear when I work out all day today. So in my mind, it's doing something. Mm-hmm. And maybe after the podcast, I will do some sort of physical exercise so that it gets put to even more use. But we don't hey. know. Fingers crossed. How is also, the way training? Is it one? Sorry, I have questions. Yeah, follow. <laughs> so it's one of those things that like makes you um sweat, so it burns weight that way, or is it like a cincher yes. or both? Okay, both. I don't have one of the ones that like really cinch you in, like one of the ones that look almost like a corset, and you've acquired like a twenty inch waist. It's not really like that. It's more for a sweatband, but it does cinch me in a little bit. And while I sweat. Nice. Any other follow-ups? 
No, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My additional goals that I had, a lot of the listeners probably don't know this, but um, I color myself a writer, but I haven't been writing in a very long time. And so I look at this as like a personal slash a professional goal where I'm going to try to start writing some short stories and ultimately work towards finishing a novel because I tried to write a novel before and uh, I never finished it. And I still, you know, probably could, but inspiration is just really hard. And finishing tasks can be its own, you know, trial. So. For this first short story, I want to finish it by the end of the year. So that's my goal for the end of 2019 is to finish this story. And it may be terrible, like it may just be a terrible first draft, but getting it from start to completion is the most important part of the goal for me. And then I can, you know, work on a second draft and a third draft and figure out if I want to publish it or if I want to work on my next story to to make that one better as opposed to the first one. But I just want to get back into the habit of writing and focus on completion so that I can really make that a priority for myself again. Okay. So is this a completely new story or are you revamping one of the ones you've previously written? It's like an add-on to a previous story that I've written, but... Um, like I said, that one is more of like a novel, and this is literally just like a short story. So okay. it may have five chapters, it may have ten, but it's going to be like the type of thing that you would have read as a, in middle school as a passage or something. It's not going to be okay. any kind of long nothing. So I look forward to reading that. I like reading. Mm. I I like reading, too. And that's the thing, like, the other story that I wrote, I felt like it was good. I would read it as if I didn't write it. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So good. I wonder what happens next. And then I would be like, oh, yeah, I have to figure out what happens next. So it would get very, you know, just, like, difficult for me to, I guess, remain inspired, but that's why I wanted yep. to do this short story series because I can focus on certain themes yep. and make that the focus of like, okay, this is the theme that I have and this is the story that I want to tell. Um, mm-hmm. My friend, I talked about him earlier in the podcast, Jay Moon, who was on like his probably third or fifth book at this point. Oh, that's cool. I know, like, there's a number between three and five, but I just can't be sure which one it is. So I'm just going to say between three and five. And (laughs) he kind of talked to me about that, about how people often write, like, off the cuff on a whim, and he does outlines and does, like, a lot of planning for his stories. And that Mm -hmm. helps him to get to the completion and really focus on the story he's trying to tell and not go on different tangents and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm that person that goes off on a whim. (laughs) And when I feel like writing or I get a certain level of inspiration, then I write. And when I don't feel like writing, then I don't. And it's something that, you know, is a discipline like any other 
work that you do. Like even when you don't feel like doing it, you have to find, do something. Put something down on paper, give some kind of words, some kind of description, some kind of something, because that can still benefit you towards your goal. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set that goal for myself now. Nice. I literally have two unfinished books, and I haven't thought about them in a very long time. They're just in my drafted messages where it's like, kind of like what you said, when I'm inspired, I was writing. And when I'm not inspired or when I'm not in a flow, I don't like to add on to it. Because when I go back and read it, I can tell like where the shift is. Like there's no blending for it for me if I'm like forcing myself to create the content, whereas if it's just coming naturally. So I think that's why those two have stopped. But I like going back and reading them. Like you like going back and reading your content. I'm like, this is really interesting, or I kind of want to share this to get feedback, but I also feel like if I share it, then I have to finish it. <laughs> That's the expectation mm-hmm. I'm not ready to meet right now. But, yeah, I think I'm trying to put those expectations on myself and definitely figure out new forms of revenue. Like everyone's always talking about, oh, what invention can I make and so mm-hmm. I can – get some money and sell it to a major corporation and become a millionaire. And um, while that's all fine and dandy and I wasn't bad at math or science, I don't see myself inventing anything anytime soon. So (laughs) the most I can do that, you know, is creating something from scratch is telling a story that, you know, I bring my unique perspective to. Mm-hmm. Or is it the story that hasn't been told yet? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's on the money, on the nose for you, since you are a writer. So, yeah, I look forward to reading that. And I kind of want to send you the book, one of the books that I started on. I think you might be interested in it. My other issue with the book that I started on is because I had these, like, it's a sci fi type book. And it's like that was around the time where literally, like, Hunger Games. Vamp, I'm about to say Vampire Diaries. What's that vampire book? Blood, Twilight. Twilight. Bloodlight. Twilight. Um, <laughs> Blood and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be saying that. Stop saying. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Anyway, a, whole, word, guys. a whole lot of sci-fi things start coming out, and I was like, some of my ideas are similar, and I didn't want people to be like, oh, she bit off of that. But I promise you, if you look at like my drafted dates, I'm like, this was drafted way before y'all were even <laughs> published. Mm-hmm. But also when you think about it, there are millions of vampire books and world-is-ending books and blast-to-the-past future books. So it's like I'm that shouldn't stop me from putting it out. Yeah, like I was very much into the dystopian YA field, and I was no longer a YA. Like I was not a young adult. I was a full adult. And I was like, oh, my God, these are so good. So <laughs> to me it's like – it doesn't matter what period, like, the wave is on. You can still enjoy something. And even if it is a part of a wave, it's like if it's good, if it's uniquely good, then it'll still stand out. But yeah. I do feel like I don't have enough interest slash knowledge of, like, sci-fi in any regard to mm-hmm. to try to do that type of thing. And I'm not into, like, 
I just started getting into fantasy when I started watching Game of Thrones. And even that, I'm like, the dragons are only there sometimes. Like, if it wasn't for the dragons, this wouldn't really be a fantasy story. It would just right. be like a story. Right. So, or the and the Night King, but you know. Okay. Well, I don't watch the show, so I'm just gonna say right because I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in regards to my goals, they're non-food related this time around. It's more so about my business. This is the part of the year where a lot of sellers, a lot of businesses are like, oh, it's Q4, it's holiday season, sales are going to be booming, stay on it, market yourself, and the sales are just rolling. And I found that that's not my case. And this happened last year, too, where my sales were booming throughout the spring and summer, but then they slowed down around holiday time. And I was very, very, very confused. So one of my goals right now is to kind of clear out some old inventory get some more mm. popular inventory in, and to do that, I'm just trying to, like, have sales every week, have sales, have sales, have sales. So right now I'm working on increasing traffic and getting rid of old inventory that literally I've had for over a year. If I've had it for over a year, then I'm trying to just get back maybe even $3 more than what I paid for it, you know, still make a profit, but it needs to go. Yeah, I definitely think that clearing out your old inventory will help, not because I know anything about retail, um, but because I know that the way that the holiday season rush works, I guess I do know a little bit something. I worked retail, but not the form that you do. But everyone wants the new, shiny, bright, whatever. Yep. Like that's yep. what happens in the holiday season. They want everything to be new, new, new. And if it's not, doesn't have a plus, 10, 12, <laughs> 13, if it's not, the newest version, if it's like fashion, people aren't really checking for it. So yep. it's not that you have, you know, bad items. Bad inventory, just, right. They're just like, well, this isn't the new thing on the block, and I want to go into 2020 with the new thing on the block. And it's like, okay. Right. And I'm literally in the middle because people either want old vintage things from like the 90s, 80s, 70s, mm, or they want, like you said, the thing that was just released tomorrow. And I'm like, what about us in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm just a not to middle panic. shopper, personally. Me too. I'm just like, if I like something and I can get it for a good deal, then, yeah, I'll get it. It doesn't have to be the newest thing, and it doesn't have to be retro vintage. Like, oh, they don't make these anymore. Okay. (laughs) And I'm also trying to buy things, like, in my price range or, like, that I specifically want. I was Mm -hmm. talking to my ex the other day, and he works in a sales capacity like he isn't the seller but he's mainly like trying to promote the people who sell to sell the products that he's Mm -hmm. selling if that makes any sense and he was saying that you know his manager was like you know you need to increase your sales on the higher quality items why aren't people buying the higher quality items and so he was asking me like my habits and I was like yeah I'm not about to buy something unless I have the money for it. (laughs) So by the time I get enough money to even buy something for it, like if it's a computer or a tablet or a phone, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very rarely going to just stack up $1,000 to get the newest phone, but I might get $400, and then I might get the 
second to newest phone or the or the phone that was just new, but now it's not new anymore. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's how I felt when I got my, so I just got an S9. I upgraded from the S7, and everyone was like, well, why didn't you get an S8 or the S10 is out? And I'm like, well, the S8 has some issues, and it was, the S9 was only $50 more than the S8, and the S10 was $300 more. So, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they about to come out with an S11. <laughs> right. That, like, so I'm just like. And I also don't like buying into this whole phone upgrade thing. I'm like, if my phone is still working, y'all haven't started messing with it, y'all can't see my air quotes, messing with it yet to slow down the process, then I'm not going to – I feel like people don't realize what they're doing when every year they buy, oh, well, you know, they're coming out with this, they're coming out with that. They come out with one every year. <laughs> I think people do know they just like being in the new. Like, they really do mm-hmm. enjoy saying, I have the new whatever, whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever floats your boat, whatever finds your lost remote. This does absolutely <laughs> nothing for me, for me to have yeah. something that just happens to be new and shiny. I do have a lot of issues with my phone, though, so I do need one. But I'm also like, I'm not going to put it on my credit card. I don't want to. Like, I've already done that whole contract business um, mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, you can get a new phone if you do your contract and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right, but... I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be locked into a contract. I don't yep. want to increase my current payment right now. I just want to gradually save the money as I see fit and then pick mm-hmm. the phone that I want. Um, if I get to the situation where my phone just completely blacks out on me, then at least I'll have some money saved to put it in a down payment <laughs> then my <laughs> situation will be lower. Right. But I'm hoping that I make it to the point where I can just pay for it outright and um, especially because, like, I'm going on a trip soon, but I'm trying to do more international trips, basically. And when you buy an unlocked phone, you can go from country to country and just pop in a new SIM card, um, you know, for a quick little, like, data plan or whatever that they have there. Right. And mm-hmm. not be locked into these contracts, like I'm saying. So the, all the stuff that Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile have you doing – where your phone only works for them, nope, I won't be nope. having those issues. <laughs> I'll have my phone, it'll be nice and popping, and I can take it to Mexico, I can take it to Puerto, well, Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., but you know what I'm saying, like, I can take it to to Kenya, I can take it to South Africa, I can take it to France, and if I needed to make phone calls or do some sort of data there, I could buy a little SIM card there, and I would be fully functional in, you know, a foreign place. Or if Verizon was getting on my nerves or AT&T was getting on my nerves in the U.S., I could bounce from them and just go to a new carrier. Right. <sighs> Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Do you have an entry for This is a Safe Space? I do. Today on This is a Safe Space, I would like to discuss saying goodbyes. So I don't mean the big goodbye in the sky. I'm not talking specifically about death. But um, still saying goodbye in a form where it's like this could be the last time you see someone for Lord knows how long or maybe even for forever. Mm. 
I don't feel like I'm about to cry. <laughs> it <laughs> I just is a things of emotional. things that didn't give me closure. That was weird. <laughs> it's definitely an emotional situation. Like even Ooh. to think about specifically, like you have the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. It's not always common that you're going to see certain family members every holiday season. Like sometimes. You, if you're used to going to, like, that one family member's house, but this time you don't, you're like, all right, well, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see you is. Or if you're hanging out with friends and you just don't have things playing. Like, you could – it's very easy to go years without seeing people. Yep. And you just don't and, – and I feel like when you know that you don't know when the next time you're going to see someone is or if you're going to see someone again, you feel that goodbye when it's time to say it. It's not just like, all right, see you later. It's, okay, this is, this is goodbye. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even really use that word. So I don't I, – I, maybe that's why I'm feeling emotional, but I try not <laughs> to say goodbye. I do say bye or see you soon or see you later i i don't ever i don't think i've ever said goodbye intentionally so i do because it feels so final seriously yes because it feels so final and it's it's like you said it's like complete and i'm just like well i want to see you again hopefully i'll see you again so this isn't goodbye this is i'll see you later i'll see you during my next trip but it's like I don't know. Maybe this is when people are like, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And I'm like, I never say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why the final goodbye does feel so bad because there are often times when you're like, I didn't think that the last time I was going to see them would be the last time that I would see them. Right. But what if you had moments where you're like, this could be the last time that I see you. This probably will be the last time that I see you. Like, for example, college. When you are graduating high school and you have someone that you know and you're cool with, and I guess now with social media, like, it's a lot easier to stay in in a way in touch with people. But Mm -hmm. back in my day, (laughs) there's a lot of people that when it came time for graduation, it was like, yeah, this is very likely the last time I'll be seeing you. You're going off to school in a different place. I'm going off to school in a different place. We used to spend all this time together because we were literally trapped in this large building. But now I don't know what I'm going to see. See, even then, I didn't see it as goodbye because I'm like, I'll see you over the summer. I'll see you when you come back. So I never had a big harken goodbye, honestly. I don't think I've ever had a big to-do goodbye with anybody. But there's, like, people that, I didn't see, that I haven't seen since we graduated, and that I was close with. Or even, like, you remember when we went to New Orleans, and we happened to see that girl that we went to high school with. I won't say Oh, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't in school with us the entire four years. I think she only was in school with us for, like, two years. But in my opinion, I was very close to her when we were in school because we had so many classes together and we were just talking whatever. And then we happened to see her in New Orleans. But the reality was... was Random. (laughs) When when I said goodbye at graduation, that was goodbye. Hmm. 
because that New Orleans encounter, there was no guarantee that was ever going to happen again. Right. That was like literally divine chance appointment because that made no sense. <laughs> right. When you're already, you know, drunk on Bourbon Street and you just happen to be in a bar, you're like just dancing and you dance next to somebody, you're like, oh, my God. So-and-so from such a place? <laughs> That was really fun to see her, and again, unexpected. However, for me, she wasn't one of those people who I was like, if I never see you again, then it's going to affect me, because I feel like the handful of people I wanted to stay in contact with, I did. So I just never had, I don't feel like I've had the chance to have a goodbye situation, honestly. I've been sense. feeling it recently. I'm just like, mm. yeah. It's specifically I attribute it to like the whole college thing or the whole high school, but college as well, like graduating college, graduating high school thing because it's not happening with one specific person. It's happening in a mass form. So mm. Multiple people are going their separate ways and you would – you had this closeness and this bond in large part because you were all in the same place. Mm-hmm. So when you are now separated, it feels like even more of a loss. Like you're losing the memories, the environment that you were in, the condition of your relationship cannot be the same because the environment that created that relationship is no longer an option. So now it's like even more so to say, do we have stuff in common? Do like, do we share certain interests? And of course, like with certain friends, like you've been able to go on trips to go to events to do stuff together. Yep. My friend that I was just talking about, Jay Moon, that writes the books, like I feel like that's something that I can continue to share a relationship with him with because he went to college with me. We went to college together, but we weren't even in the same, like, major. He was a guy, so we weren't in the same dorms at first. It's just like we became friends on the most random you know, way, as tends to happen in college. Like, we didn't have any classes together. But now that we have this one shared thing, that is literally like a thread that is helping to keep us together. But so many other of the other people that I hung out with him with or that I knew him around, like, in our group, I don't have anything to stay connected to them with. So it's like... The last time I talked to them, that was like a strong goodbye. Hmm. Is this like a running thing for you? Because I know we previously talked about how to, I guess, reconnect with old friends or how you miss certain people. So are you feeling a certain kind of way? Are you feeling like there are some misconnections you have or some bonds that you're missing out on? Oh, misconnections. Isn't that the thing in the newspaper people used to do? Oh, yeah, before they, uh, yeah, I think so. Like, hey, I was in a bar on 23rd Street. You were wearing a pineapple skirt, and you had ribbons in your hair. I wanted to talk to you so bad, but by the time I got the courage after I left the bathroom, you were gone. Call me. Yeah, they sound like Alicia Keys <laughs> talking to most deaf. 
Okay, you yes. always order Beautiful. the special on Wednesdays and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My manager tells me to use water, but I always put a little milk in right. yours. So he's like, I'm lactose intolerant. You're the reason I have bubble guts. <laughs> I'm just going through another cycle of something where um, a group of people that I knew in a collective, I'm no longer going to see them anymore. And mm-hmm. so that chapter of my life is ending, and it just feels very final. So does it make you want to hold on to your current relationships even stronger, or does it make you want to not be as invested, or does it make you want to reach out even more to those people who you might not see as much? It's just making me understand another aspect of life that I guess we don't really talk about or think about, which is we talk about change, and I think I talked about change specifically in these past episodes, but a different aspect of change, which is like really closing the door on people. Or just a window, like not even closing the door like you're trying to slam it in their face. Like, I don't ever want to see you again. But just that the door can be closed. Like, even if I had like a neighbor, like if I had a bunch of neighbors and I was moving, never going to see my neighbors again. I have that one neighbor with the dog. Like, he is a part of my life. I don't know his name and we don't talk much. But if I had found out that my neighbor died while he was out with his dog, I do feel like I would be affected because he's always been very nice to me. He tried to help me change his tire once. Like, mm. So then imagine if I did know his name and he knew my name and we had even more of a relationship. Like it's, it's just some those things feel very final. And I'm I becoming think... aware of that. Okay, becoming aware of it. I was just going to say I think I think for me, maybe I'm also more disconnected because I'm used to cutting people off and <laughs> not <laughs> you laughing and not saying them It ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. It ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. Y'all can't see me by doing the shooting guns. I'm walking down the street. It's one of my theme songs. And it used to be, I feel like, in an aggressive way, like, I don't care, cut them off. But now I I feel like if I cut someone off, it's not as aggressive, and I kind of just let it happen. So that could also be another reason why I'm not, like, big on goodbyes, because it's easy for me to be like, all right, I, oh, I hate when people do that. The season's over. That chapter's over. But I feel like if we look at it on paper, that's how I am. I'm like, this person was here for a reason. I was here for a reason. That reason has ended. If it comes back together, if we end up in the same book again, fine. If that book has been burned, also fine. Like, I understand that there are seasons and things change, but, like, the best example I can give of it is, like, a television program. Like, I understand that in the fall it comes and in the spring it leaves, but I'm hoping that over the summer it's going to get renewed. Like, I am the person (laughs) who still watches Grey's Anatomy despite the fact that it has been, like, 85 million seasons. And there's someone out there who's still (laughs) watching The Simpsons religiously and is very happy about this Disney Plus subscription because they can watch all of the old Simpsons, like, that's the reason why everyone's happy with Netflix. They keep rewatching the same shows over and over again. Like right. something about being able to 
to know that when you are ready, you can go back to something comfortable that Mm -hmm. you have experienced before feels good. And Mm -hmm. being in those moments when you're like, I don't know if I will ever have this experience again or if I will ever see this person again, or understanding that it's a high likelihood that you won't have this experience again. You won't see this person again. And so now you are living in a place of finality, and you have to deal with that reality. It's just like, okay, this is this is the world we're living in. I think it's how old people feel about knowing, like, t- tomorrow, t- who knows? I'll <laughs> see many a days. I mean, Betty White probably wakes up feeling that way every day. She's like, girl, another day? Who knew? Bless her soul. And the fact that she's still working and out here in these streets, like, bless Betty White. Mm-hmm. God bless Betty White. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. People are going to think <laughs> that she's dead. It's not up to me. Of course you have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, you, right. Just, if you have any you have other suggestions, I just feel yeah. like, well, I guess we're letting people know what goes on on the back end of things. I just feel <laughs> like that's something you like to do, so I never want to interject since it's something you like to do. Mm-hmm. On that I don't actually like to do it that much. <laughs> what? Really? I have all kinds of ideas for every episode, but I'm like, oh, she likes to do it. It's her thing. Nah, girl, <laughs> if you have a name suggestion, please give it. Because by the time I'm done editing, I have to remember what we even talked about to come up with a name. I'm just like, oh, dang. What we going to call this? That's why last week's episode was just like the longest safe space ever. Because I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll definitely send you some suggestions from now on. She just don't want to talk about Betty White. She don't want to make Betty White the fuck? <laughs> Anywho, for my This is a Safe Space entry, we have two different things. So would you like A or B? B, my lord. You did it last like, week. <laughs> no, last week I said A. That's why I said B this time. I don't mean which number you I mean, I don't mean which letter you pick. I mean the fact that you picked one where I'm like, okay. <laughs> but a heavy, longer one. I'll just get to it. So, I've noticed that I'm having trouble with taking my own advice when it comes to my friends. And this is what I'm trying to say. So, being a person in the coupon community, the clearance community, the deal finder community, it really hurts me when I'm out with a friend and they either pay full price for something or they buy something that doesn't make any sense to me. Um. To give you the real-life example, I was out with a friend the other day. We went to the grocery store, and they paid $9 for a bottle of Olive Garden ranch dressing. And I didn't realize when they picked it up how much it was. I didn't realize when we were walking around the store how much it was. But when we got to checkout, and it went beep, and I was like, I don't think that's right. And then it turns out it was right price. I, like... Like, my my heart literally started having palpitations, and I was like, you're paying $9 for a bottle of ranch dressing? Like, I was, like, losing it. And then we were already at checkout, and so I couldn't really do anything about it. And so I talked to them when we got back in the car. I was like, we could have checked for coupons. There are bottles of ranch dressing. They're, like, a dollar. Like, you could have gotten 
six bottles for what you pay for this one, like even higher quality dressing. So I was losing it, losing it. And then when I got back home, I was like, if someone wants to treat themselves to a $9 bottle of Olive Garden Ranch dressing, I kind of need to just let them do that. I kind of need to just hang back and let it happen. But also I'm fighting with myself. I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not okay. (laughs) So I'm just like, I was really, really, really having a hard time with that, you know, find the deal, you know, make sure you're not overpaying for something mixed with do what you want to do if it makes you happy and if you can afford it. So I'm just, even now, like, it's making me a little unnerving because I'm like, I would never do that. And it's not so much that I'm wagging my finger at my friend, like, you shouldn't do that. I'm just like... Before you did that, we should have checked for coupons. We should have checked for what was on sale. We should have comparison price. We should have done all these things if you were going to invest $9 in a bottle of ranch dressing, which is just mayonnaise with seasoning. Oh, yeah, I don't even like that. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Do that like Hello? It. On top of that, it's nasty. I'm a blue cheese person myself. Don't fight. Don't at me. But how, what do you think about that? Like, I know it's a personal qualm of mine, but... I guess, are there certain things that you have price points for? Or are there certain days where you just like, bump it, I'm going to pay $10 for this? I will pick something up, walk around the entire store, and then put it back and then walk out the store. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I find it difficult to buy a lot of things. So I do understand the price point issue However, part of it for me, and we talked about this when, um, I think we discussed it on the podcast a little bit, but like when you like to coupon flights or when you like to do the price point for flights, (laughs) certain things to me are negotiable on, yeah, on the price based off of experience and time. Yeah. So... Literally, they say time is money. So I'm like, if it's going to be less time spent, then I will spend more money. Or if it gives me, if I'm in a point or in a situation where I need more value, then I will spend more money. So for like international flights, I'm like, I need to spend more money. Or if a flight where I'm going to be on the plane for more than five hours, I'm like, it's very likely that I will need to spend more money either because I need to bring a check bag or because I want them to give me a meal or because I need a little bit more leg room or maybe for them to give me a blanket because I'm going to be on this little biscuit can for eight hours, (laughs) 10 hours, 12 hours, and I'm not going to spend it completely miserable because I paid Spirit Airline price fare or whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That I understand. And I also feel like it's going to take a little longer when you're pulling up different tabs or calling different companies to get your flight stuff comparison price. But at a grocery store, they show you the tags with the price. And just a little hint for you all, if you don't notice, there is a little, little corner price that tells you how much something is per ounce, per, per pound, per unit, or per square feet. That's what you compare on the other little price tags to see how you get the most for your money. So to me, it's it's faster to look at, okay, I get the most for my money for this. And that's just not what happened during that last trip. And I 
I tried to make peace with it. Apparently, I haven't. It would seem that. If I had to guess, I don't think you've made the peace. I would like to, though. Like, I would like to just not freak out if my friend goes out and buys a $9 bottle of ranch dressing. I, I don't want to have a breakdown in the store or at checkout. Like, I don't want to be that person. So that's just something I need to work on, and that's my safe space entry. Um, if you're with me and I know you need groceries, talk to me. I will give you coupons. I will download the apps for you. I will tell you about deal days, all the other good stuff. If you're going to buy a $9 bottle of ranch, go have me go pick up something else while you're checking out so I don't see it, or go ask me to take something to the car because, whoo, Chile, I almost passed out. And I was like, I don't think that's the right price. <laughs> like, yeah, ma'am, it is. <gasps> I feel like you um Tony Baker, is that his name? Tony Baker? Yeah. He yeah. had a joke, because I went to see him do stand-up at one point, where oh, he was cool. basically like, men shop in a way where they just they go to the store and they know they're going for one thing, and they just go and pick it up and leave. So I find that you would probably have a difficult time shopping with men, because they would just be so focused on getting what I came to get and go, and they wouldn't be thinking about, what's the price point of this? Blah, blah. they like... Laundry detergent, laundry detergent, laundry detergent. I came here for laundry detergent. And you'd be like, this, look at all of the different prices of the laundry detergent and how much this one's more concentrated than this one. So even though it says less ounces, you're going to be able to get more with those ounces and blah, blah, blah. They're like, laundry detergent. <laughs> and then they pick it up and they go. That is true. And that's, this was a male friend that I was out with. And my thing was like, I just – when I think about the people that I've dated, I'm just like, I wonder how it was before we dated because I feel like I've saved you a ton of money <laughs> by being like, put that back or look at this. So I just, it, and I guess it's more for guys. Yeah, I do wonder, like, how much money you could be saving if you just realized that you could pay $2 for this bottle instead of 9 If you realize you get more laundry detergent for this $10 bottle than you do this. And that's another thing. I don't like being marketed to. So if it's like Tide and you get 100 loads, but with this off-brand that has the same ingredients and concentration as Tide, you get 250 it's like I don't like being marketed to. And I feel like an Olive Garden bottle a ranch dressing is the ultimate marketed to type thing. So, boy. well, some people really like the Olive Garden dressing. Like, I have a coworker that's just like, yeah, but make an Olive Garden salads and it's hitting and they're the bomb and I love it. And I also bought um, Olive Garden dressing, but I know I did not pay nine dollars for it. So there's that. <laughs> It was just alright though. I don't know that I would make the purchase again. But yeah, sometimes people just do it to say, "Oh, this is something I want to try." Right. Let me get it this one time. But if you're gonna See try, it, like get it. a smaller bottle. Get a trial size. Don't get a no. Oh, there were multiple sizes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there were multiple sizes. This person said, "Hmm, Jellock bottle, Olive Garden. I like it." Took it and left. <laughs> So, yeah, I just I want to hopefully release some of that um, I need to be in control of your clearance findings type of situations. I just kind of want to release that spirit. Yeah, unload that pressure off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, just don't go shopping with that friend anymore. Sounds like yep. 
things nope, are going to give happen. you certain levels of anxiety, anxiety that you just don't need yes. in your life. I don't. Thank you. <laughs> What's on your plate today for your meat and potatoes? Potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. We eat potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> Speaking of meat and potatoes, I got greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, mm, ham, mm, rams, mm, hogs, mm, dogs, mm, beans, okay. beans, beans mm, potatoes, tomatoes, okay. chicken, 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 you name it. My main topic is the vastly approaching holiday season and... Uh, specifically Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about Thanksgiving first, even though it's coming second. I feel like my family is just not into it like they used to be. Or people in general aren't into Thanksgiving like they used to be. Even though I've been seeing a lot of memes about folks who are like, ooh, Raise your hand if you put your Thanksgiving outfit together to sit in the living room with your family. <laughs> I'm not one of those people, but I feel like I'm impar- I feel like the people who are excited about it are part of that that group who are the people who are planning their outfits and I think that's because they will not be cooking. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like I've noticed that for anyone that is involved in the real process of making Thanksgiving what it is, which is food-focused, they have a lot of anxiety or discomfort or they're just, like, not as excited about it as they could be. They're just like, oh, you know, what dish are you trying to do? And I guess I kind of enjoy the idea of, like, making this dish that I don't regularly make. So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. Let's go. We're having Thanksgiving. But my mom specifically is, like, avoiding it like chicken pox, like, avoiding it like she's in the Matrix and they're throwing Thanksgiving at her and she's just, like, dodging it, like, no. (laughs) Um, And a lot of other people I know are just like, yeah, it's coming. And I think it's because they just don't want the pressure of, all of this cooking that they got to do for this one yep. day, and they got to yep. start from the night before, and then there are going to be people who are just sitting in the living room watching some sort of sporting event or <laughs> who are taking pictures in their outfits that don't smell of any kind of gravy or any kind <laughs> of savory nothing, no onions, no garlic, none of that, and they're right. just having the best old time, and Grand there's the other time. people in the kitchen who are like, I don't want it. So I say all that because before Thanksgiving, my friends and I are having a Friendsgiving, and Mm -hmm. I feel, and I'm kind of hosting it. I'm a co-host. Co-host, like I'm a co-host now. Anywho. Yeah. (laughs) I'm co-hosting it, and I just feel like I'm trying to get people excited about it, and people don't feel excited about it. They're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Because I'm still kind of asking, what are you bringing? And they're like, um, uh, I'll bring this. Okay, I'll see. All right, it sounds fun. Like, they sound like they want to be happy about it, but they don't seem happy about it. And I'm like, I wasn't trying to invite you to this to put pressure on you. I just thought it would be fun. (laughs) Again, trying to force all my friends and family to be close and love each other because who knows when we'll see each other again. I'm just trying to force camaraderie when nobody (laughs) wants it. Right. I'm trying to force uh, love and affection, and everyone's like, please leave me alone. <laughs> um, 
my goodness. You're funny today. I mean, you're funny a lot of days. <laughs> um, I pick and choose like my days, so I pull them out of a hat. Okay, well, I like it when you're funny on recording days. <laughs> it's up to the hat. It's not up to me. Um, I like Friendsgiving. I think it's a really fun time. I do feel like as I've gotten older that Thanksgiving has not become as in, an excitable a holiday as maybe Christmas, but even in my family, that holiday is not even as excitable. I remember even being a little younger, and with Christmas it became, okay, well, instead of everybody in the family getting everybody gifts, let's draw names out of hat. And then it even went down, okay, instead of drawing names out of hat, let's just get the kids a gift. Okay, well, instead of giving gifts to anybody, you know, give gifts within your own family, and then let's just all do the food thing together. So I feel like just gradually it's been less involvement as a collective, so, I don't know. Do you find that Thanksgiving is more of a cook food holiday than Christmas, or do you think they're about the same for your family? Um, well, I think part of it is that my mom is, hasn't had to host mm. either event, like her be the main uh, cook in the kitchen for, like, 10 years. Mm. And... Knowing that that pressure was being put back on her, even though all of us being like, I even said to my dad the other day, I was like, you know, before it became more solidified, because it was to the point where like we kind of didn't know who was having, who was hosting Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving was next week, so I just thought it was gonna be me, my mom, <laughs> and my dad. <laughs> so I said to my dad, "What are you making for Thanksgiving?" And he said, "What am I making? What am I cooking?" Like, I asked him when he was going to the moon. I was just like, yeah, what are you making? And he's like, oh, I wasn't planning on making anything. I was like, well, are you planning on eating? Because how else are you going to have food for Thanksgiving? And and he's like, oh, I just have so much stuff to do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, your wife works. I work. We're going to be cooking on Thanksgiving. There's absolutely nothing that would be keeping you from cooking for Thanksgiving. Um. Since then, more plans have been solidified, but I think he probably has gotten out of doing something. So I'm sure he'll be mm-hmm. happy with that. But, yeah, for my mom, like, she just hasn't had to think about it. So now, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Thanksgiving specifically, it was approaching, and she was starting to feel that pressure that it's like, I got to I gotta buy this and I got to make right. that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, it's I was trying to help her to reiterate, okay, if it's just three of us, like, you don't have to make that much stuff, I will make these sides, like, if you just make the turkey and fish, because Mm -hmm. my dad's a pescatarian, I'm like, you know, we can do that, like, but we at least have to talk about, if you do want other stuff, what other stuff would you want it to be, like, it was back in the day, and I don't even eat stuffing, but my mom used to do chestnut stuffing. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire was legit a thing, y'all. And let me tell y'all, nothing tastes better than chestnuts. Like, nothing tastes better than chestnuts on open fire. I might be being facetious, but it tasted oh so good. And I probably haven't had those chestnuts or the chestnut stuffing in 10 years. Like, that's probably when I stopped eating stuffing. And it wasn't because I liked the stuffing. I was just like, I like the chestnuts. And if they're in the stuffing then I guess I got to eat the stuffing. But, yeah, she's just kind of 
wanted to remove herself from that pressure and anxiety, which I get if something's causing you stress. I'm not trying yep. to force you to do it. But you have to eat on Thursday anyway, so you might as well eat Thanksgiving food. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, I just, I guess I want to talk about for those people who are feeling the pressure of it, what can be done to make them remember that it's supposed to be a joyous thing. It's supposed to be, again, like that camaraderie, that family, that comfort, because all of these foods are so filling and so tasty and so comfort-filled. How do we get back to that point, to making people feel all of that? So are you asking me or are you posing the question to the audience? <laughs> posing the question to the audience. <laughs> okay. Got you. Just making sure. How are you feeling about Thanksgiving? Um, I'm not super excited about it. I always hate it when it's years where people ask me, so what are we doing? And I'm like, I don't like that. Don't approach me like that. He's <laughs> not like my mom. Like, what, why are you asking me for? Why are you asking me what I'm going to do? Why are you trying to get me to be the helm when it comes to this Thanksgiving? That's not what I was trying to do. I've been invited to a couple of Friendsgivings, um, which I've, I haven't accepted any of them just yet. And I'm not going to be with my blood family uh, this Thanksgiving, so I've just I honest what I honestly want to do. I feel like I'm whispering to y'all because I am. What I honestly want to do is just chill. I want to catch up on some sleep. I want mm-hmm. to eat in my bed and maybe have some bomb macaroni and cheese. I might make my macaroni and cheese. I think that's all I want to do. I don't feel like that's socially acceptable given where I'll <laughs> be on Thanksgiving, but that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I understand that. I was someone who was always like, I'll work on the holidays. I'll take the time and a half because <laughs> I do want to have the the food and and the camaraderie to some extent, but I'm like, I don't want to do this all day. I don't necessarily want to be, again, this is how I used to feel about it. I probably might feel this way next year as well. But sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to be up in people's face all day long. I need a break. So I'm like, well, if I got to be up in somebody's face, I might as well get paid for it. And this is um, particularly like when I would work at the movie theater, there's so many people that that's why the movie theater was open, either yep. before dinner, during dinner time, or after dinner. They're like, I need to get away. <laughs> and yep. Or some people just like don't celebrate it like that. So they would just go to the movies because it'd be open. And the Thanksgiving period is one of the biggest um, weeks for like major films. And folks would just be flooding, yeah. flooding. It's Christmas, too. I had an ex, and he has family members every Christmas, like Christmas Day. They just, they go to the movies. That's their tradition. And I mm-hmm. was like, that's weird. But as I got older, I was like, I understand. <laughs> you don't want to be cooped up in a house from, like, 2 to 10 the whole time. Or, you know, there's only so much you can talk about with family members and so many sports you can watch before I just want to be back in my own home comfortable, Mm -hmm. chilling, not having to keep up social appearances. So, yeah. All right. Do you have a meat and or potato? I do, and they're both kind of hefty, and I feel like we're running longer than usual. So would you like A or B? (laughs) A. Oh, thank goodness. All right. So this is what I want to talk about. 
I think I brought this up before about how I have a little doggy, a little non-human running around. And I just, it. <laughs> so it bothers me because I feel like the way I treat this doggy is, like, better than any other dog we've had growing up. And when I thought about it, I could count from memory, just memory, having four different dogs growing up. And, like, I can't remember taking them to the vet, taking them out to get specific medicines, taking them out to do anything else besides getting, like, their little chips. So if they got lost, we could find them. And I feel like I do everything for this little doggy that I have. And every time I take them to the vet, someone has something smart to say. And so um, we noticed, or I noticed, one of my friends noticed, that the doggies – scrotum area was like swollen and so I'm like googling I'm like what does that mean is he okay what's going on blah blah blah. and it didn't seem like a big deal but since it was there and I saw and it was red I was like let me just take them let me just take them so I took them yesterday and the vet started asking me questions about like flea care and stuff and I was like he doesn't have fleas like trust me I check him like every day just anally check him not check his okay let me reword (laughs) (laughs) I check his anal every day Anus? Anal? <laughs> I anally check his anus every day. Not a flea I ob- there. <laughs> I obsessively check him every day for bugs and fleas uh, and everything. That's what I'm trying to say. But we use a topical ointment. We use a spray. We use all kinds of things on him. So he knows he's good. I know he's good. So when the doctor came in and was like, um, what's the flea control like? I gave her the whole regimen. And she's like, oh, well, that brand doesn't really work. And I was like, mm, I haven't seen any bugs or anything on him. I check him every day. She's like, well, and when you start to see them, that's when you know it's a problem. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I can understand she's saying there's an infestation. Let me get to what I'm trying to say. So then she decides, she's like, I want to put him on this medication and um, give him this and see how he works on it. And I said, he's had that before, and I switched to this cheaper brand because it's cheaper and you get more doses. And she's like, well, that brand doesn't work, so let's try him on this one. And I said, okay, we can do that, but you can take it off the prescription list because I can order it online. And she's like, well, I want to start, it on, start him on it as soon as possible. And I was like, okay, well, one of your prescription doses is $20 for one. Online, I can get 12 for, how much was it? It was like 12 for like 100 and something dollars. So I was like, I'll order it online, and they'll call and give you the prescription. So there was just kind of like some nitpicky stuff back and forth. And I felt like this same thing happened last time when he jumped on the table when I walked to the garage or something and like ate my my peanut M&Ms, and I didn't get to have one peanut M&M. He jumped on the table, ate my peanut M&Ms, and then we were trying to figure out if we were going to, this is when I had a boyfriend, we were trying to figure out if we were going to take him to the um, vet or not. And so we called, and the lady's like, you need to take him to the ER right now, right now. And I was like, do you have ER money? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she was like, chocolate can be deadly. And then I was like, well, he only had this much. It was peanut butter m M&M. You need to take him right now. And I was like, okay, click. And so what I'm trying to get to on my meat and potatoes is that I don't appreciate when people – suggest for me to do something that isn't necessarily necessary and the money isn't coming out of their pockets. So these people telling me you need to use this more expensive brand that they're not going to pay for, this woman telling me I need to take him to the ER, which would have been a $1,500 to $2,000 bill, 
And after I took him to the local vet two days later, they were like, oh, nothing's wrong with him. Nothing's wrong with his blood or anything. And that ended up being like a $200 charge too. I'm just like, this dog gets treated like a freaking human, like freaking royalty. And I don't need y'all coming in and telling me how to spend my money on this dog (laughs) compared to how I've seen us treat other dogs. And I'm not saying you should treat your pets like trash. I'm just saying if you're not going to pay for a procedure, if you're not going to pay for the medicine, then don't tell me how to spend my money. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. I ain't got no dog. (laughs) Not going to get a peep out of me. I promise you that. Mm -mm. Well, thank you for letting me vent. I guess it's more of a vent. It's just just frustrating because I I remember, not to call them hood dogs, but I remember like – Outside dogs being like just kind of gone. Oh away. yeah, like you know what I mean. But now dogs it's like just oh. tied up to a tree and then came Hello? back and hope they were still there. Or, Hello. Uh, yeah, like I don't think people do dog houses anymore because they always no. have their dogs inside. Inside. Which is understandable. But even I remember having one dog where he didn't have a dog house. His dog house was under our deck. Like. That's your living space under our deck. You have your little air, you have your food bowl, you have this. It's like solid, you're good under the deck. So it's just like for these people to be like, you need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm like, I I mean, I mean, I know we talked about the other day, like if you feel sick, you should go to the doctor and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, unless my hand is like broken or halfway falling off, I'm not moving off this couch. So if you think... <laughs> If you think I'm about to drag this dog <laughs> to the veterinary ER, you got every another thing time, coming. You got another <laughs> thing coming, like, every single time. And then when I started looking at the times I have taken him, I was like, this is way too much. This is, like, more than I feel like the four dogs I own growing up combined because they we never took them. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they have dog insurance now. Which yeah. I Which already am like <laughs> skeptical, not skeptical of people insurance, but I'm just like bothered by it. I'm just like this is the reality yeah. I have to live with. If I yeah, knew that I that I could do certain things without it, I would. If it if I knew I could afford to buy my glasses without insurance or my contacts mm-hmm. without insurance, then I would just buy them. I wouldn't bother with insurance. If I knew that I could go to the doctor's office and get my checkup because usually that's all I need and it wouldn't be an arm and a leg, then I would just do that. But because that's not the reality, we have to pay insurance in order for it to be any kind of feasible just for when we go to do the simple checkups. Then I'm like, all right, take it out my money Mm -hmm. and whatever money I get back is just my reality. Like, that's just what I have. I don't count that whole, I make such and such thousand dollars a year. I'm like, nah, what I got is what I get every two weeks after they take the taxes and the health insurance and the 401k and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's real. And he has pet insurance, and I'm just like, why? And every time I try to cancel, they're like, well, it makes his exams cheaper. It makes his medication cheaper. Well, all that stuff is high for no reason anyway. So... Yeah, I just want to say, don't tell somebody how to spend their money on their dog. This is, I mean, I love him, and this is my my little non-human. I do, but I'm like, the other day he was he he was in the kennel by himself, and he yelped. He was like, Yow! and so I was like, what? Like you're in there by yourself, and then he's like limping a little bit, and I'm just like, you gonna have to walk that off because we just went to the vet. 
so you're going to have to walk that off. I'm sorry. You're going to have to walk that off. But, you know, we're testing him, checking him out, making sure he's okay. He seems okay, but he's limping a little bit. I'm like, maybe you stepped on your toy, but you're going to have to walk that off because the way my pockets are right now and Q4, <laughs> my cells aren't coming in like they need to. You're going to have to walk that off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I wanted to vent about. <laughs> All right, so we're going into the underappreciated awards. Ollie, mm-hmm. do you have an underappreciated award? Yes. All right. So there's another viral video going around of someone of a lighter skin hue, a.k.a. Caucasian, who is not uh, running their business. I thought and she was so, going to say Colin Kaepernick. Mm, he is of a lighter skin hue, but no, not the Caucasian <laughs> man I'm talking about. He ain't Caucasian. <laughs> He's half Caucasian. He's not full Caucasian. But he has. Okay, you right. Anywho's, <laughs> anywho's, uh, I sent the video to my friends, a couple of friends, and it's basically a woman blocking a man and his two children who claim that they have an aunt who lives in the apartment building, and she's just not letting them in. And so one of my friends replied, yo, who the F is this? And I said, hmm, I have a few possibilities. Stairwell Stacy, Blocking Betty, Angry Annie, Triggered Tina, and Apartment Annabelle. So, my underappreciated award goes to people who mind their business. Mind the business that minds them. Mind the business <laughs> that pays them. Or in the words of Candy, don't check for me unless you got to check for me. Check for I me. am <laughs> so tired <laughs> of these people just not minding their business. Like, worry about yourself. The fun of your business. The fun of your business. Your business. I'm just like, it's none of your business. And when you make it your business and you fake getting hurt or you feign being offended and you want to call the cops and that just turns to a whole snowball thing, it's like, are we not tired of this? Well, the thing was like, uh, that calling the cops business was just so infuriating because. Of course, she was trying to insinuate that the person was committing a crime, which she was not. She was like, there's been thefts in the area. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not committing a theft. (laughs) (laughs) So, and you are not a person of authority that for which I need to give my information to. Right. So, and I watched like 911. So I just wonder like, do you have to, if you are the 911 operator, do you have to call the police every single time? Or can you say, like, ma'am, this is not an emergent situation <laughs> and just let right. her hang up? Like, why did these people every single time get a response that encourages them to continue that type of behavior? Like, I, isn't there a, you know, isn't it a crime to call 911 when it's not an emergency? <laughs> Like, there was no crime being committed. There was no emergency. The woman's life was not in danger. She was just standing in the way. And I I would love to just see it blow back in their faces beyond, like, what social media can provide with, you know, all of its snooping and trolling. I want there to be an immediate consequence to wasting people's time. Right. I would love for that to happen. I'm just like, and I know I saw some kind of like grassroots efforts to 
like prosecute people who use the line incorrectly or find them, not necessarily prosecute them. And I'm like, that would definitely be a deterrent. So I would love to see someone enact that, like you're wrongfully using resources for no good reason. Like I saw, I could see if he was in the middle of committing a crime or she was, you know what I'm saying, like heard something. But I'm just like, these people can be responding to calls elsewhere instead of responding to your foolishness. And about your um, the operator, the operator always has to send someone out because if the situation would have escalated or, you know what I mean, if it would have turned out to be true in some regards, then they wouldn't have had, like, police force there or whatever. So it would have been bad on the operator not to send someone out. But I would love to see some kind of consequences for these people who are incorrectly using these systems that are made to protect us instead to prosecute us because they have some kind of bias. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's going to be in my prayers going forward. Lord, please let there be consequences to people Mm -hmm. who unnecessarily call the police on people of color for existing Mm -hmm. in the world in a space that also happens to be inhabited by the, Mm -hmm. what did you call them, hue deficient? By the hue deficient people. (laughs) The lighter hues. The lighter hues. People of lighter hues. Mm -hmm. And the podcast said, amen. Amen. All right. Did someone or something get your underappreciated? Okay. All right. Y'all can't see it, but I said, no, no, no. No, no. No one. No one. No one. Got my underappreciated award. No one did anything special. They ain't going to get nothing from me. I'm staying in my business. And All next, right. and next, right. next week, right. we'll All see right. if I give one. All right. All right. I was going to go, and you, nor you, nor you, <laughs> nor you, you're not going to give, give one. That's good. Ooh, come on, risk it. Help me out. Help me out. See, that was my first like draft. It. Clearly, I needed some editing to get the, the better second draft. Not you, not you, no, not you. you. No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get one. You gotta add. You gotta add that. No, 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 no. Not gonna get one. One. I like no, it. No, you're not. Anywho. <laughs> noise. Noise. All right. This is very fruitful. So, Mandy, would you <laughs> like to tell the listeners where they can find us? I will totally do that. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Straight flexing. At MNO Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Had to make sure I got that right this week, guys. You can also send us your questions, comments, yep. letters, deep yep. feelings yep. at mandyandolly at gmail.com. Please yep. be sure to like and subscribe and rate the podcast if you're on a rating platform mm-hmm. um, so that you know whenever we get a new episode and then we know how you feel about the episode that you just listened to or the yep. whole podcast we... as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We appreciate the feedback and we need it. So, and not need it like, oh, we're desperate for feedback, but need it like it helps us improve. I put it in my IV. 
It keeps it me going through the day. <laughs> it helps us figure out what we need to improve on. That's also technical issues. If maybe I sound a little cloudy or maybe Mandy sounds a little robotic or just any kind of feedback you want to give, maybe you want to hear more lifestyle or entertainment news or more personal stuff like we took our poll. Oh, there is something else I wanted to add. This is our 25th episode. Yay! Oh, word. <laughs> it is. Facts, facts. Yes. So, you all, we will have our giveaway coming up. I do believe we have some buttons being made. So, hopefully, those will go out before the Christmas holiday. So, be able to look out for our Instagram pages to figure out about that giveaway. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. 25. I mean, official, because, again, we were doing this before it was a thing to do. But we were. <laughs> 25 episodes. That's really good. All right. Hey. And you take advantage of Bye. it every weekend. Every Bye. weekend. I hear some things. I hear some things, but I can't complain. Because I stuck to you and I asked your name. Yeah, I came with game. Tell me your name. She said, Roxanne. Yeah, you look so familiar. Yeah, you look so familiar. Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way, way back when.